Hi everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the Smoking Larry Podcast. I am your host today, Smith, here with Smoking Chase. And uh, tonight, well, we are recording this at uh, uh, January 30th, just a little bit after uh, Monday Night Raw has aired. So we're going to do this review of the Royal Rumble while it's still fresh in our heads. Isn't that right, buddy? Yep, I mean, especially because we did some rewatching of it since, just to get a little bit of a refresher, especially on the important bits. Exactly. exactly. Like the daytime soap opera that was the final. <laughs> oh my goodness. But, but we'll get we'll, there, we'll, we'll get yeah, there. Yeah, we'll get there, we'll get there. And then uh, we'll spend an hour there, but we'll get there. Yes, we will. So, for starters, the pay-per-view opened, or I'm sorry... Premium live event opened. That's what they're calling it. You gotta go with it. I will not. I will stay in my old man get off your lawn mode. Thank you, Michael Wilbon, for this. I know it is a pay-per-view because it's supposed to be a special event, not just something else. You gonna pay the full pay-per-view price then? For Royal Rumble? Yes, I would. Okay. And for this royal for what about for elimination this, chamber? Maybe. Let's see what the card what is. What about WrestleMania backlash? Shush, you're putting logic into this. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. No. Stop it. Uh, Executive producer causing problems. Yeah, I think the executive producer is causing some issues here, but we'll get things under control momentarily. So let's let's jump right in, shall we? We're gonna the pay per view opens up with the men's Royal Rumble, which I neither one of us were expecting that. Yeah, I was not expecting that at all. We were I was over we were hanging out and then um. You told me we were outside real quick. You were like, go check what's inside real quick, see what's opening up. Because then, we both we both thought it was either going to be, like, we both thought it was either going to be the pitch black match or maybe the women's rumble, because that's what's been starting the rumble the past few years. Yes, it has been the women's rumble starting for the past few years. But for this one, they started with the men's. And uh, number one and two, it was Gunther and Sheamus and... They were just going to run back Clash at the Castle, and I was all for it. It was, yeah. I, I The first thing I got written in my notes was that pop for Sheamus when the crowd realized what was happening. It, like, it took a half second, and then it hit, and that was a... I've never heard a pop like that for Sheamus. It's been a minute. Uh, maybe Clash at the Castle, I'd say, but I'm not quite sure. But, yeah, so we start with one and two. Uh, Miz comes out at three. And I, I, I noticed a little statistic on Reddit. There was, uh, Miz hasn't had an elimination since... 2012. 2012 Royal Rumble. What? Yeah. 
And he uh, spent a decade plus without eliminating someone in a rumble. You're kidding me. Nope. That is insane. Hey, get that bread, Mike. Yeah, but uh, obviously that uh, didn't change this year. No, no. He was the he, first one. He was actually the first one eliminated. He got cooked pretty damn quick. And then uh, number four was uh, Kofi Kingston. Man, I bet. I'm sorry. It, it, my my fandom popped a little bit too hard. I heard the music. It's the Royal Rumble. He's been posting with the boys on Instagram and on Twitter. He's been doing media appearances. I thought it was Big E. I popped so hard thinking it was Big E and then went, wait, which one of them is it? Yeah. I, I thought it was I thought it would be Big E too, but then I remember Big E has his own solo music and then I thought, oh maybe it's is Xavier Woods coming out first. And then it was Kofi. I was like, Okay, cool, Kofi. Let's What's see how spot? he does. What's the spot gonna be this year? Yeah. And uh spot this year uh, didn't work again. No, no, it did not. Nope. It would have worked. It got mistimed. Yeah, that's all it was. It was a missed time. It was literally uh, all it was was a missed time. He didn't botch. Frankly, he didn't botch. Xavier botched. Mm-hmm. And throughout this whole rumble up to this point, it's mostly just been Gunther dominating through the rumble. It's like Sheamus and Gunther mostly been in, it, in the corner just going at it, but it's mostly just been Gunther being the Iron Man. Essentially, yeah. Uh, number five. Number five was uh, Johnny Gargano. And uh, I believe this was his second Rumble. It was a decent showing. Yeah, he, he hung around. He had some fun spots, but nothing too solid performance, but filler. Yeah, no, nothing to write home about, I'd say. Um, and then Xavier Woods came doesn't in. Her, doesn't help that his storyline is with The Miz, who was the first man out, so there's nothing they can run storyline with him. So. Um, number six was Xavier Woods, and then they did uh, this really fun little little bit. Oh, my God. I, they squared oh. up. And I, I got out of my chair, man. I was like, come on, boys, just for the fun of it. What you got? What you got? Let's see what you got. And then they pulled this thing out. And, oh, I forgot to write down the uh, the Basically. origin of it. Basically. But it, it's a, um, it's a uh, like, a dance for a wedding. It's a couple of brothers on TikTok. I just found it on Instagram because I'm an old person and I don't use TikTok. Um, but... They just they do these bits, and one of them is uh, the one guy jumps up into the other one's arms, and their legs kind of wrap behind them, and then they go duck under the legs, and then they play the bongos on each other's bums. It's very funny. Very funny. A nice little and, comedy spot for the rumble. Yeah, especially with the the way that they played off of it, like they 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 squared up as if they were gonna fight, and then as they went to lock up, they did that instead. 
The crowd, yeah, there were people in the crowd. If you look, they were just like, no, no, no. don't fight, don't fight. And then they um, and they do the bongos, and then everyone starts laughing. And if you look over, Sheamus is just Sheamus has such a good time in this match, guys. Like, oh my god, Sheamus had such a good time in this match. Every time you looked at him, he was just smiling his face like, oh, my God, he was so happy. It was so fun to see because when a wrestler is obviously that happy, you know what they're going to be performing is good product. And uh, his timing was was good, too, um, because like after the bongo spot, he was like quick to freaking kick Xavier Woods or uh Either, yeah, it was Woods or Kofi Kingston. He kicked one of them. Yeah, he, like, broke it up. He was like, okay, that was funny. Now we fight again. Yep. And then uh, Karrion Cross made his way out at number seven. And the only... Been, no- Sorry, go for it. What you got? Been, uh, mostly been feuding with Rey Mysterio. And uh, Rey Mysterio, he, he actually got... Uh, Rey Mysterio actually got injured in his match with Karrion Cross, so that that explains a certain uh, number on the list, on the Rumble spot, but we'll get to that momentarily. Uh, oh, okay. But they're going to play it off like someone did something. Gotcha. Okay, that so, makes sense. Uh, but I will say, the one thing with Karrion, I... Eh, Want him to have a better performance. I was really shocked with how easily he was eliminated, to be honest. Um, but the one thing is, I do love what they do with the camera. Like, no matter how much crap I'll give WWE, their production department, with the exception of Kevin Dunn, bro, you need to cool it with the cuts, man. It ain't, like, just, like, just, just let things breathe a little bit more. Like, the, the, Guys behind the mics can do it, are getting the opportunity to do it. So can you. Um, but, like, the editing team and the production team in that regard is so good. Like, they somehow did the cameras. Like, it had, like, a, vin- like, almost like a noir film. It, like, reminded me almost, like, of a Casablanca-style film reel. There was, like, a hesitation or, like, a shudder yes. to it. The, the- yeah, the, they have nailed Carrion's presentation down to a T. And I, it's not for everyone. It is not my cup of tea, but not mine either. But it definitely is unique. I I just Carrie doesn't get me as a when it comes to a wrestler. He's not my. He's not someone I look to. But again, that's not that's that's just my opinion. And I've never, honestly, I've I've been so preoccupied with other stuff, I've never bothered to look into him one way or another. So when I'm seeing him now, I'm essentially seeing him for the first time. I mean, it's cool, but he's not my type of wrestler, personally. But, you know, he's good at what he does. He's superb at what he does. And as character work comes, excellent, excellent. So number eight comes out, and it's Chad Gable, and everyone knows Chad Gable's there just to fill a spot. But him and Xavier Woods have this nice little spot where they're doing some amateur collegiate wrestling, and it's just 
is awesome. Just because of the fact I love it. I love it when people, when there's two actual wrestlers that know how to wrestle, and they just just go shoot the shits, just like just for the fuck of it. Oh yeah, no, like that. You and me, we were both like they kept kept. We were just talking about the camera cuts. They kept doing camera cuts, and me and Nick were like, "No, go back, go back. We just want to see. We just want to see Xavier and Jack. Yeah. Just let them go." Yeah. That's all I wanted to see is them going at it. So. Something you at, never thought you'd hear someone say. I want to watch Cat, Chad Gable and Xavier Woods go at it at the Royal Rumble. I believe it was the Rumble last year. Him and Gable and Ziggler were, uh, were uh, wrestling like that. And they were just doing it for like a minute straight while they waited for the next person to come in the ring or something. That's great. I missed that. Um, so number nine comes in, and it's Drew McIntyre. This is where things start to really pick up, I want to say, in the Rumble, because then you got the Banger Bros teaming up together against That's Shane. not their name, according to WWE. And Pac McAfee does not give a fuck. He got in trouble. Oh, <laughs> he got in so much trouble, and he kept doing it anyway. And like, I'm not I just... A- I'm not allowed to say the the banger bros anymore. I don't know I'll what say to say on this show. Ba- <laughs> mentions a copyright issue. <laughs> was that him or Cole? One of them that mentioned was, uh, a- Graves. Oh, that was Graves that mentioned something the co- by, by copyright issue. Yeah. Oh my god, it was uh so good. How does WWE not think to look things up? That's all I have to ask. But besides the point, tag team with the greatest nickname in WWE right now. Banger Bros. Even if if they don't have it anymore. Banger after banger. After banger. After banger. After banger. See, we know they're they're from the U.S. Shush you. We know they're from the U.K. because we know banger means a fight. If they were American, it would mean a hot dog. Hot dog, hot dog, hot diggity dog. All right. Okay. So, Sorry, tangent over. <laughs> number 10 comes out, and it's uh, the Dego del Fantasma's uh, Santos Escobar. He's making his Rumble debut. And I think for someone making the Rumble debut, he had an okay showing. He didn't. Didn't last very long. I don't remember. This you, is kind of at the. This is kind of, sorry. What you what you saw the you rewatched the men's rumble. I remember. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It. We we talked about this a little bit outside the recording, but like a lot of this while we were watching it, but a lot of this match to me felt like filler. It. They. <laughs> they shot their load too early. Yeah. Plain and simple. They had we'll 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 get to it, but kinda it he did all right. He had some nice moves, he had some decent showing, showed off his athleticism, didn't have any much character development, and then he got tossed when number twelve walks in, but we'll get there in a second. We will. Uh number eleven, Angelo Dawkins, one half of the Street Profits. Now, in my head, I thought 
they would try to do something like Angelo would try to eliminate Montez or Montez would eliminate Angelo. But I don't think that that I don't even think they were in the ring at all. Not even close. Not even close to the same amount of time. Like not even close to the same amount of like when you watched when we watched it the first time, I would have said the same thing. I literally just finished rewatching that match again right before we got on. The Angelo was gone by like fifteen and then Ford is what, like twenty five? Something like that. Uh, spoiler alert, everyone, we're jumping ahead. He Montez Ford was uh, 23. Cool. We'll, we'll get back to him. But I will. the one thing, I always forget that Dawkins has some solid athleticism for someone his size and build. Like, I always forget that. Slimmed up a bit, too. He looks in good shape. He looks in great shape. He looks in really good shape. Um, and the other thing that I absolutely love is the fact that the Street Profits, whatever city they're in, they take the home jerseys and that's their and that's their uh, costume, as they said. But I'll just say wrestling year. Yes, it was it was around this around this uh, eleven man spot. Um, shit's getting a little hectic. Uh, I think Miz is already eliminated. They, uh, I think Gunther had just eliminated. Xavier Woods for yes and then um Kofi Kingston tries to eliminate Gunther Santos Escobar gets in the way him and Kofi get into it and then Sheamus comes in right I thought it was Sheamus or Gunther what one, one, one of the one of the big one one of the big beefy hurdy boys that isn't Drew McIntyre came in knocked Kofi and we had the attempt at his uh, Royal Rumble spot for the year because let's be real this is Kofi Kingston that's what he does he is known as the guy he's known for two things doing spots on the Royal Rumble getting eaten alive by Brock Lesnar that's it that's what everyone knows him for. That and losing a Jamaican accent and getting called out by Triple H on Raw. Heyo. Anyways, but uh, they try the spot. Basically, the spot was Woods was to throw a rolling desk chair underneath Kofi, and Kofi was to land both his feet onto the chair. However, it just seemed like Kofi just... Flew straight into the chair. Chair goes flinging out everywhere. He rolls. Both he hit the ground, but then they end up with one foot on the on the chair. Commentary's trying to sell like, oh, but he has one foot on the chair. One foot on the chair. And then number twelve comes out, and Pat McAfee's like, stay down, because number twelve is none other than the Beast Incarnate. Brock Lesnar. And he comes in. He just takes everyone to the Suplex City. Does three eliminations. He eliminates uh, Santos Escobar. He eliminates uh, Chad Gable. He eliminates... I think he eliminated Angelo Dawkins. Mm-hmm. 
and then they have a him and Gunther have a stare down in the middle of the ring just to tease the fans of what could possibly happen. Because that match could be on the table in the future. But then out comes number 13, Bobbles, Bobby Lashley, the Almighty. Just beats the fuck out of Brock Lesnar. Legit just manhandles him. Throws him out of the rumble in less than three minutes. And Brock Lesnar is just beside himself. Started throwing shit around. It was interesting. They've set up their WrestleMania uh, segment for sure. Oh, yes. Freaking Brock had a set of stairs on the on the table. And. Um, oh, yeah. While all that's going on, while Brock Lesnar is tearing everything apart, number 14 makes his way out, which is bum ass Baron Corbin. And just before Baron Corbin enters the ring, Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar decides to give him an F5, and then he leaves the premises. After that, uh, Seth Rollins makes his way in at number 15. Now, Seth Rollins is going to have a phenomenal showing in this year's Royal Rumble. That he does. That he does. He's a really nice one. Really consistent throughout the whole match. Yes. He's For a down. while, I thought you got your prediction right, to be honest. Yes, I did, too. I thought I thought we were going to be swerved. Um, he is, and then he we is, were swerved. Yes, we were, we were swerved. Big time. Um, but yes, Seth Rollins makes his way out to number 15. Number 16 is Big Man Otis. Man with no neck, all around me. Oh, yeah. And uh, number number 17 was was supposed to be Rey Mysterio. And every, the commentary is trying to figure out where, where Rey could be. Where, where is Rey? The timer goes on. Number 18 comes out. Who could it be? His little piece of shit son, Dominic, wearing his mask. Takes it off and starts tearing it. He has gotten so good. Like, that's like one of the only things I've got written down for this part of the rumble was just Dom's improved so much from, like... The last time I remember, like, actually watching him, watching him in a match was his um, tag team match last year at Mania with his dad. And I was like, oh, he is green, green. And he's not anymore. He's actually got a character, like, solid. Like, he's a POS, and he knows he is, and he leans into it. 
And the funniest part was the fact that he was trying to rip the mask up and he couldn't rip the mask. Oh, he was having he was struggling. Oh, he was struggling so hard. It was amazing. And he wasn't giving in. I was so impressed with that. He wasn't giving in to like the flaw. Theoretically, he was like still sticking with the character. What was great about it, too, was playing a chicken shit heel perfectly. He was waiting to call his spots. He was waiting to get in the rumble. It was just. He's smart. He's smart. Yeah. Uh, number 19 is Elias. And Elias didn't last that long. He did, however, smack Gunther in the back with his guitar. And that was awesome. And I'll give him that. It was really good. Yeah, no, it. He, that was a legit shish. It. It busted him open. Yeah, he had a nice big old gash. Uh, Finn Balor comes in at number 20. This is when Judgment Day starts to really take over. Team up and take over. Yeah, uh, there was a huge segment of the match that was just kind of controlled by the Judgment Day. And they ran. They used the, like, 18 to 24? Yes, 18 to 24. Approximately. 18 to 20. Okay. The 18 to 24 to really flesh out the uh, Judgment Day, um, Day storyline and kind of everything going on with that stuff. Really fun. I really like the way that they did it. I have, I have something that I want to have happen, but I unfortunately don't think it's going to based off of other booking stuff um, mm-hmm. that I think is going to happen. And so, like, that, but we'll get there. But, yeah, no, Finn comes in, and then he's a technical wizard, so he comes in, tons of really good technical wrestling, cleans up the match a little bit, breathes a little bit more life into it because he's got that physical capability to him. Mm-hmm. And then we've got 21 was... Can you dig it? Sucker! Right. We got our one, we got our one nostalgia pop of the entire show. Kind of the, bum. That was the only. Yeah, that that's like. Rumble. Yeah, that's like one downside of the men's rumble in my and like I know we we agreed on this was like we only got one of those. Like we definitely could have got had another, like legends appearance and so like booker came in he gave the bookend he did a spooner he like he delivered a bookend he did a spinner rooney gunther tossed him huh that close to winning (laughs) yeah he was about as close as number 26 <laughs> um. All right. So, number twenty-two is Damian Priest, and this is where Judgment Day is complete. Running shit. All the eliminations. Uh, number twenty-three is Montez Ford. I spoiled here. And Him and his fear of God ones, brave man. 
Brave, brave man. He could do it. And then number number 24 to help tie in the Judgment Day storyline is the rated R superstar Edge. Yeah. Edge Edge comes in. Wreck shot. That pop was that pop was honestly that pop was almost as loud as his return in 2020. Not gonna lie. Like that was that was a pop pop. Yeah, it was. Crowd went nuts. Edge goes in, goes straight for the uh, Judgment Day. Uh, throws out Finn, throws out Damien. Dom goes to eliminate Edge, and uh, Finn and Damien pull Edge out of the ring, thus eliminating Edge. And their Judgment Day is like flexing, like they just fucking won the Super Bowl and shit. All of a sudden, Edge starts fucking beating the shit out of them, chases Finn down the ramp. Rhea mind you, mind you guys, hang on, mind you guys. This is at the Alamo Dome, which means the ramp is like 65 feet and has like a curve in it. So it's like it's not like I'm walking down. Yeah, do like a 50-yard sprint. Yeah, no, it's like I'm strolling half. I'm strolling a half mile down to the ring. Yeah, no, these guys. This is a long, long entranceway. So he's he's sprinting. He's sprinting, chase down Finn, uh, beats Finn down. Austin Theory's trying to make his way in. He's number 25. Austin Theory's trying to make his way down to the ring. And he's like, I'm staying out of this. Leave me out of this. All Literally, of sudden- at one point, Edge is holding Finn, and he looks at Theory, and Theory puts his hands back, and he goes, nope, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. Do what you want. I'll wait here. All of a sudden, man. Ripley comes out, attacks Edge, just stands there menacingly. From behind comes Beth Phoenix, the Glamazon, to confront Rhea Ripley, spears Rhea Ripley, and then everybody is broken up by uh, WWE official and personnel and whatnot. But that is to set up a mixed gender tag match for elimination chamber between Edge and Beth Phoenix and Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. And I think they're doing a pretty fucking good job with that story. That story is exceptional. The one thing I totally forgot to mention about Edge, nor I know people say Edge has a weak spear. Like, it looks like he's like, Hugging you and like bringing you down. Like I've heard people say that before. Oh, he, he, he oh puts no. no at, at the Rumble, that man was going full soup, like full on Superman arms extended. Like, nah, he was going Troy, Troy Palomalu. Like, he was making hits. Yeah. So, like, I, I was thoroughly impressed with that. That was something that I noticed and just like that, that was really dope. I wanted them to do it at Mania. I wanted them to do it at Mania, and I wanted them to do it intergender, fully intergender. Men with, like, just a regular tag match. You just got two on, just one and a uh, guy and a girl yeah. on each side. Because it's Beth, Fe- it's Beth Phoenix and Rhea Ripley. 
Uh, Beth's already been in a men's match, even, and she eliminated someone who could not be eliminated by one mortal man, and Beth Phoenix did it anyway. So what if she had to kiss him to do it? Eh. Um, but um, as we found out earlier on uh, Monday Night Raw today, Rhea Ripley has decided to chose. Well, we we. We did, jumped ahead a little bit, but Rhea, the main event for the women's uh, championship will be Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. Spoiler alert, Rhea wins the women's rumble. Yes. We assume you've already seen the rumble already, but we are and going. And if you have not, we apologize for spoiling it. Don't worry. We love the women's match. I promise you that. I, th- I actually put... I actually prefer it more than the men's. But oh, uh, we, we both do. That was that was where I was going with that. It, it, but we will we will get there. This match just is taking forever and a day to get through because well, it's a rumble. Yeah. So number twenty six was Omas, and how are they going to get him out of the ring? How is one person going to move this mountain of a man out of the ring? Whatever will we do? Oh, oh my I, gosh! Oh. I know. We'll have number 27 be a monster among monsters. <laughs> Braun Strowman. <laughs> so Braun Strowman confronts Omos after coming in the Rumble. Refreshing their little feud that they had going in the Crown Jewel. And Omos single, or Braun Strowman single-handedly eliminates Omos from this Rumble. Last and, Rumble, it took over like eight something men to get Omos over the. It was road. over six. Over six. Yeah. Um. In my notes, I've got <laughs> Braun is Triple H's monster. Omos is Vince's old monster. <laughs> the passing of the torch moment, one over the other. <laughs> That's fun. Um. Yeah. No. That they really are putting. They're trying to really re. Uh, they're trying to really rehab Braun, and they're doing a pretty good job of it, I must say. I must. Uh, I must also note that. Um, I believe. I believe. Gunther eliminates both Drew and Sheamus around this time. Also. He does on the same elimination. He flips same them elimination. both over. So, flips them both over at the same time. I know they want to. I know they want to do. They want to do uh, Sheamus again, Sheamus and Gunther. I think. I think they should do a triple threat. Gunther versus Drew versus Sheamus. Oh, that would be fun. And for people watching our video footage, he is our our. Lovely host who's just taking his medication. Don't my 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 apologies. It's to make sure that I don't uh, end up in a hospital again. Yes, we do not want our co-hosts to end up in the hospital, so we don't have to set up a GoFundMe page. Um. Anyways, number twenty-eight is Ricochet. The 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 flippy dippy tag team partner of Braun Strowman. A fun little tag team that's been uh, getting some traction going for them on SmackDown. Honestly, I like them as a tag team. 
I think they are in the tag team uh, finals. They are indeed because they, they took because <laughs> they took someone else's spot in the <laughs> yeah. Someone else couldn't do it, but they could. It, the whole WWE shenanigans. Always WWE shenanigans. So Ricochet and Braun are trying to team up. Are teaming up. Um, Braun and Gunther have a stare down a little bit. Out comes number twenty nine, yes. Logan Paul. And you will understand our frustration with Logan Paul once we break this final five down. But I will I, give I, Logan Paul this. Logan Paul. I was going to say, I think, I think you're about to say my literal one note on Logan Paul right here. I literally just have fuck Logan Paul, but God damn it, he has a good buckshot. The cleanest buckshot I've ever seen. And I actually analyzed it, it and I figured it, out. It's a little smoother than Hangman's at times. Definitely and, better than CM Punk's. I love you, Phil, but... Yeah, no. Um, the reason why, at least the reason I kind of think why, because I've watched them back enough times, is... Paul does a full front flip, lands, and then uses the momentum after landing to launch. Hangman leans into his lariat as he's landing so it's like a continuation okay and that's why it looks cleaner because it's just a slight difference in ex how that literally it's just a slight difference in execution yes but logan's looks cleaner because there's that extra heart there's that extra half beat for you to see the separation of motion of motion motion movements whatever so, there's the buckshot lariat. Um, this was uh, a little bit after he entered the ring. Was starting to talk all this cocky shit. that everyone just started beating down on him because not wwe oh, guy in the ring. Like, hello. It was like right after he did the buckshot. He got his like first two moves in that everyone does when they first get in the rumble. And then all the wrestlers went wait, it's Logan Paul, and just started stomping the shit out of him. It was great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then number 30. Adrenaline in my soul. It's number 30, Cody Rhodes. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Number 30, Cody Rhodes has entered into the Royal Rumble making his first Royal Rumble appearance in, I don't know, how many how many years? Uh, enough of them. Probably over seven. But Cody, Cody makes it his way into the ring. Quickly, just starts throwing punches on everyone, doing... I will say, before we continue, I need to 
talk a little bit about him coming in at 30. Like, I guess. I do, you, guess. Do, you want, do you want me to save this until we do the full recap after we get done with the sequencing of what goes down? Or can I talk about this now? I talk about it now. Okay. So, this is why I personally feel like this match was all right. It's all the leanings and all the whisperings and all the coverage has said for months on end, Cody's coming back at the Rumble. And he's going to win and that's who's go- and he's going to go to Mania and he's going to complete this journey. That's what's going to happen. He's going to come back early and that's what's going to happen. And we were all like, that is so cool. We are all down for that. Sweet. Awesome. But it's not set in stone. It's WWE can always change. And then last week, they go, he's coming back. You took away, and then you give us a rumble like that. That's just like, it's literally the entire time. Everyone in the audience and both of us were sitting there going, okay, when's Cody coming out? When's Cody coming out? Okay, at this point, Cody's coming out at 30. Ooh, Cody's out at 30. Okay, how does he win now? Exactly. At least that was me watching the match. That's what I did because, unfortunately, that's – once I realized that there wasn't going to be any bloodline stuff, they were saving that for the main event, I was kind of like, when's he coming out? What's Because you don't announce it, and then he doesn't win, and then you made it so that way his pop wasn't even as big as Edge's in the same match, even though he's the one that's supposed to be having the super stunning return like Triple H did or like Cena did back in the day. Yes, they kind I understand where they were coming from when announcing it ahead of time so people don't get too worked up thinking, oh, number 30 is going to be The Rock or Stone Cold because of all those reports that were going around. But I, I, I think they could have at the same time, they could have held off on uh, announcing his return just so uh, you get the, the bigger the bigger pop. And uh, after Cody makes his way in and he hits a couple crossroads onto us people, um, he's confronted by uh, a Mr. Uh, Seth Freaking Rollins, and he's he's greeted with a simple welcome back, and they uh just start going at it like like old times. So our final five. Oh, I apologize. Um, before before we get down to the final five, we have. Probably the spot. I was, I was going to say, I think you're skipping something very important there, Nick. The spots of the whole show. This is top five spot. This And is... the fact that Logan Paul pulled it off makes it even more bittersweet. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I thought, oh, God. It's one of my favorite. It's... A wrestler from my favorite rivalry in history. And one of my least favorite people on the planet in the same spot. 
You fucking will, Osprey, Mark. Shut up. Shut up. So. Remember, I'm a whisperer. <laughs> Inside jokes. They're always fun. So. Logan Paul is on the apron on one side of the ring. Ricochet is on the apron on the other side of the ring. They're both talking to each other, saying, let's go. Let's run this shit. You want to go? They both jump up onto the top rope on each side of the ring, jump from the top rope towards each other in the middle, and then clothesline each other. It was crossbody. Yeah, no, it was. I thought it was more like a, it was a close. They had their arms out, like they were close, like clothesline. Uh, I I saw more of a crossbody than a clothesline. Either way, they collide midair and just crash down into the fucking ring, and it was beautiful. It was stunning. It was the spot. The spot. It, it was a spectacle of a spot. Enough where I, I'd say kind of like the Mankind through Bell. Um, uh, Shane going off in the black jersey, falling backwards. Like, yes. it's one of now, those types of spots. Yes. Now, now keep in mind, now, now this, is, this is an important little detail. After that collision, Logan Paul... Rolls himself under the bottom rope, out of the ring, onto the floor. This detail is going to come in handy in the rumble. Gunther ends up eliminating Shame or uh, Braun Strowman. There was actually something. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, there was something bo- before that. Oh no, I think I think you're going to give more detail, and then I'm going to be able to under be able to get more uh, explanation of what I'm what I saw. Uh, Bron- Gunther goes to eliminate Braun Strowman. Does uh, Ricochet tries to? Um, I think Ricochet tries to say. I don't know. If you look at the movement of what he's doing, it it kind of looks like he's trying to pull Braun over the rope. Yeah, that, I I noticed that little detail too. I noticed that little detail too because it's like he was hesitant. It wasn't that he was hesitant. It was the move that he was trying. The move that he was putting on the body almost looked like it was trying to pull Braun over the top. So I wonder if they're already. I wonder if that was intentional or if that's just because Rick Shea had a brief moment where he wasn't sure where to go. Mm-hmm. But like, if that's intentional. I, I'd be down to see a heel ricochet. That'd be fun. Yeah, it would. Um, but Gunther, I believe, does end up eliminating Ricochet in the end. He does. So, in the ring at the moment, we only have Austin Theory, Seth Rollins, Gunther, Cody Rhodes. Keep in mind, Logan Paul is still outside the ring. 
Cody and Seth are, are some. Uh, I don't know if it was Austin Theory tried to attack Seth or Cody or something. But all of a sudden, it's like Seth and Cody start working together, like a little duo, a little tag team action going on. Both dropping pedigrees on Austin Theory. Yeah, and then uh, I think. It was after a crossroads, after a Seth Rollins pedigree. And then he threw out Austin Theory. Then, uh... Rollins and Cody are having a stare down again. And Rollins is like, you're not going to take this moment away from me. And it looks like Rollins is about to go and throw Cody... Over the rope or something. Like get ready to attack Cody. Get ready to finish their, finish things out. From Then all of a sudden. Out of nowhere. Comes Logan Paul. Who was never eliminated. He had rolled into the ring. And then just. Threw. Seth Rollins over the top rope. And eliminating him. Thus giving you. Seth Rollins. WrestleMania program, people. That's right. It's Seth Rollins versus fucking Logan Paul. Okay. Two things to say on that. Well, three things. One, God damn it, I hate that that's the truth. Two, at least we know it's going to be a fantastic in-ring match with both of those athletes. And three, Seth is the face. There's no way that the way Logan acted oh, no. in that he was, match. He's 100% heel. 100%. Okay. I, I pray to God, just, just make sure that he's the heel and let Seth turn face. He needs to just become a little bit less cocky. He needs to go back to Seth Rollins so that way the kids can say his name. You could say frickin'. I couldn't. You could. You just couldn't. You just can't get caught. <laughs> but uh, your final three is Logan Paul, Gunther, and Cody Rhodes. And that or Logan's just like looking around, soaking in all the booze, making pointing at the WrestleMania sign like he's gonna win it all. Then freaking Cody comes in, fucking hits him in the crossroads. Throws him out. Then you get your real match. They did a full match within a match here. Yes. Yes, they did. Some traditional classic wrestling. Stiff chops. Cody was able to be more of himself. Uh, They did a couple spots where almost Cody was going to be eliminated. Cody almost eliminated Gunther by choking him, by putting him in a chokehold, and then dragging his body over the top rope. He actually hit a crossroads on uh, Gunther, I believe, also. He did before, indeed. He did indeed. Before finally eliminating the Intercontinental Champion. And then proving that he went from dashing to stardust to the main event. He solved racism, and now he solved nationalism. Cody Rhodes is on his way to main event WrestleMania night two. 
against the undisputed universal. Not night two for sure. Uh, uh, it's it's a uh, confirmed night. It's two. on the uh, postage. It says the two of them, and then it says WrestleMania. It doesn't specify night two. Okay. Um, but yes, he will go on to main event either night one or night two of WrestleMania. He'll go on to main event WrestleMania. I I would imagine it would be night two, though. Unless you're splitting the belt. I mean, we we don't know what... uh, We don't know what plant... We don't know what's entailed for. Exactly. uh, We don't know what family members might show up. Gunther breaks... Rey Mysterio's Royal Rumble record by traditional last... Royal Rumble. Yes, traditional, traditional Royal. Traditional we have to remember Royal this Rumble because record. in the greatest Royal Rumble, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, who at the time went as Daniel Bryan, went over eighty-five minutes in that fifty-man Royal Rumble, just to give the man his credit. Yes, Gunther lasted in the traditional Royal Rumble. He lasted a total time of one hour eleven minutes. And 25 seconds. Just a phenomenal outing. Absolutely. His first outing ever. And yes, has he been in a rumble before? Um, I think that, I'm not sure. Either this is his second rumble or his debut. Either way, it it makes sure that he gets into the record books, which he deserves to do because he is one of those. That man's a future champion. That man's gonna take yeah. the, that man's gonna take the belt off Cody. I can see it. If uh we if we end up getting that far. I think we should we do end up getting that far. So I gave the match like a three and a half to a four out of five. I got a solid three and a half. Like I'm good there. I Man. will say though, I this through this entire show, I absolutely love, love, loved the commentary. Like the commentary that's one thing was on point. Like there, it was fresh. I, it it <laughs> there was one point in the main event. I'll, I'm just gonna say it. Like Cole made a point. They were like Cole. Someone mentioned to Cole, like, "Why are you so funny?" And he's like, "I've been told not to be for the last 25. Years. I've been told in my ear to not to be for the last 25 years." <laughs> so like, it was awesome to see this because they they were having fun too. And when you're having fun doing what you do, it it shows to the audience. Yeah, yes, it does. Um, what other notes do I have about the Rumble? Uh, besides uh, Pat McAfee getting in trouble for uh, saying "banger." <laughs> uh, so is, much he said it so much. This is actually the first. This was actually the first Royal Rumble since 2008 that did not feature Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Kind of sad about that. I always liked him. I always like him. I've always... I think they they use some good. I would like to see him and have one little run in AEW, even if it's just a mid card run. 
Like him and his brother team up. Just let him have a mid card run at WWE. That too. But I don't. I don't think. I didn't. I don't think they see him as. They see him as like lower card guy. Just you're there to help build up people to get contenders, and then you're you're a trusted hand when Goldberg needs to come out of retirement for a match. Because he can bump like there's no tomorrow. Yes, you can. All right. So after that. After that, Rumble. It is time for our product placement match of the evening. Hey, convince me to buy a 12-pack. The Mountain Dew pitch black match between L.A. Knight and Bray Wyatt. Do you like your booking to go with no end? Do you like creepy things that just lead you on to never-ending spirals of questioning yourself and wondering why this is going nowhere? Mountain Dew pitch black is just for you, then. It... (laughs) It's just another aspect of Bray Wyatt that is, like, it's so sad when you can tell a character is so good and there's so much promise, but because there's so little you can do with him, it's kind of like a horror movie. Once you do it once, you you know what's coming. So I'm just, I really feel like they're waiting... I feel like they're in a holding pattern and the Wyatt six is fully going to form at or after mania. And it's going to be a project for 2023. I really feel like it's been in a holding pattern and they threw them there because they were able to do some spooky shit. Like he looked creepy as fuck when the black lights went on, dude. So for everyone that didn't actually watch the match, it wasn't, it, it wasn't pitch black. Like they were in darkness oh. They did a black light, so the entire thing was a black light. The ropes were, the ropes were like a neon color. Um, They both, or uh, LA Knight was wearing like neon ring gear, and then uh, Bray had like on iridescent paint. Bray had this black face when you when (coughs) Bray was making his entrance. He had on this black face paint on around his eyes, basically, and that was the only paint that was really visible. Once the black light came on, you can see that he was covered in all all bunch of UV paint with uh, designs to make it look like he a devil. He also had the Mountain Dew logo on his uh, arm. And let me tell you, this match falsely advertised because there is not one single <laughs> fucking bottle of Mountain Dew in the match. Didn't you, you see the one a- fly out of the exploding <laughs> flames? What the fuck? You couldn't, like, okay, the only product placement you have is the logo, and that's it? Oh, we're going to do the product placement with Cody when he takes a sip after in the press conference. Like, fuck off! Do it! Have it, like, fucking... Have fucking LA Knight throw uh, Bray into a big thing of them. Like, a big case of them or some shit. Anyways, they the match starts with the blacklight turning on and revealing the UV light. And 
it, basically, it it's like it, Bray's getting all the offense, basically. From the very beginning, it's just all Bray. All Bray. No, okay. no little, no, uh, no offense really for LA Knight. Sorry, Shane. Continue. You're good. It just, there's no, there's not going to be because that's the problem with this Bray character when he's angry. Is he supposed to be this psycho, unstoppable behemoth who can't be hurt, can't be destroyed? That's what it is. And so it, Unfortunately, it makes sense. It's it's trash right now, but it makes sense. They're they're so trying they're, to figure out they're trying to figure out what's going to happen next, but they're also trying to not make it so Bray doesn't have a thing to like do. So you forget about what he's doing, or they're you're like, oh, they're not booking him, but they have no idea what they're doing with him. They know they can do something. They know whenever he finally does something, it's going to be incredibly good. But figuring out how to do that is extremely difficult. So is what it appears to me, at least. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with you. So they make their way out to the to the outside of the ring, uh, over by the commentary table area, and Bray starts taking the table apart, and you can see the tables filled with like these green neon fuzzies too. For some reason so you can you you know that uh when the table explodes it's gonna scatter those green stuff the green fuzzies all over the place uh bray or la night with irish whips bray into the steps and bray or la night then moves the steps over towards the table area over by the commentary table to set up uh, the table spot. And they go... At first, it looked like Bray was going to try to put um, L.A. Knight through the table. But then you have uh, L.A. Knight box jump onto the steps and uh, jump onto L.A. Knight or uh, jump onto uh, Bray Wyatt, putting him through the table and making everything scatter everywhere. Um, and that's basically, that, that was basically the only real offense he had. And then there was... And then they worked their way to the back, and then there was supposed to be the spot where, like, Uncle Howdy, who was outside of Bray... Well, we're not, well, we're not there yet. We are, um, he's got to make it, basically Bray's just like beating, if Bray gets up, uh, they're back in the ring, Ellie Knight gets a, throws a toolbox, throws a toolbox in the ring, I don't know what the fuck they, they're going to do with the toolbox, they don't even do anything with the toolbox, I, I don't even know, I, I guess they throw it just to like, as a scare factor, Ellie Knight pulls out this kendo stick, but isn't it, doesn't really get a swing on Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt hits the sisters Abigail. One, two, three. End of match. Bray gets up, puts on this mask, and immediately starts chasing LA Knight to the area, like you were saying. LA Knight has a kendo stick in hand. He's just like trying to fucking beam Bray Wyatt in the head, and Bray Bray's no selling it. 
they go in, and then they go to that that production area like you were saying before with uh Yeah, and then there's just this dumb bit where Uncle Howdy and they botched the whole bit because he didn't get anywhere close to him and it blew up in flames and nothing's going to come of it. And can we please just move on? Yeah, it was just. And then there was a trash women's match following it where the entire match was spent with Bianca having all the dominant and it was seven minutes long and nothing happened except Alexa afterward got another stupid black and white promo for the Wyatt Six with no explanation. And that's how that match went. Yeah, no, like, those two matches together, you can rate them together. They were, like, twos together because neither one of them did anything. They were filled with... Sorry, what you got? I thought the women's match was at least a three. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. The women's match was adequate. The men's match was trash. Men's match shouldn't have happened. The women's match was too short and then was entirely intended on Alexa getting this promo at the end that she's gotten in some various form for weeks on end. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, that's kind of what they did to that part of the show. There was just like this block of a half hour that was just kind of like, Welp, they could have done so much with that. Yeah. Yeah, I almost was... wonder if they cut time on the pitch black match. I think they might have. They had to have cut time on either the pitch black match or women's uh, title match. Yeah, the women's title match because because all all that you've got otherwise are rumbles and the men's. Yeah. Yeah, so those two matches are the only place you can cut time. I mean, that would make sense. Mm-hmm. The freaking uh, men's main event almost is basically an hour if you count the the post the post main because the post exactly. main segment is twenty minutes long. Yeah, exactly. You got a great, you got a above average match and then a post match segment on top of it. So. Like at least now we get to get at least now we get to my opinion the best women's match on the the best match period on the card. Yes, the women's rumble. The women's rumble. The women's rumble. Uh four and a half stars for me. This thing was phenomenal. Didn't have a lot of the wrestlers I was hoping were going to be in it, but like, why the fuck it, you bring back Nia Jax though? Uh, that's my point. Okay, I was hoping for an Oscar. Back anybody? I'm like, I, there were rumors we were gonna get an EOS. We were gonna get a uh, a Kyrie Sane Oscar reunion in this Rumble. We don't get that. We don't get a legend return. We don't get like a Lita or a Trish. I mean, we did get a dope ass return for a legend. Like, I I am I love this return, guys. Right. But. Yes, yes. Number 15. Um, um, number... Did I get that wrong? Number what? She she did come back, but she she is a legend in her own right, but not officially yet. Uh, the, the one you're thinking of is number 25. She was all the way to... Wow, okay. My numbers on that match are kind of messed up. But yeah, number 30. Like, I, I don't get it either. 
I don't get it either, especially for what they did with her. Yes. But we'll, we'll get there. So we start out one and two. Liv said she was coming out at one. Or some god. Un- Actually, I know exactly why. But she comes out at two instead. And then we've got Rhea Ripley at one. And re- remind mind you, everybody, Rhea Ripley is still injured from... Yes, she's take she's got yeah, she got a spear from Beth just about an hour prior. Yes. So she's selling a rib injury as this match is happening. And I give it to these these two women. They they kicked fucking ass throughout that entire rumble. They went coast. The two of them went coast to coast. They started one two. They ended one. They ended twenty nine thirty. Like reinvigorated Liv Morgan so much. Holy yeah, crap! I, went, I had one buddy who's like, "Oh, I hate how they they treat Liv. She, she she's being squashed. Like you're this isn't a fucking squash. She lasted an hour in the fucking rumble, and this was the most her most dominant performance." Yeah, like, shut the fuck up. And the person she lost to is the person that should have won the Rumble. Exactly. Like, the most dominant. Yeah, no, no, it was a superb Rumble. You had your spots. You had your reintroduction because, like, so Asuka was what number? Remind me. Asuka was uh, 17. And she came out as uh, Kana, her uh, killer clown. Uh, she came out in the clear on. killer clown and they had the can. Oh, they have the picture. It's perfect. Somehow WWE got the camera angle where it looked like a Japanese show. It, I saw the picture and I'm like, Oh, that's like a new Japan show or something like that. I don't know how they pulled it off. Uh, it is the coolest thing. And I am so excited for this reintroduction. Cause I love Oscar as it is. And now you get to let her, really let things out and be the character that she can be mm-hmm. i could see her dethroning bel-air yes i think i think that's what might be the plan. i could also see her theoretically literally popped in my head right now theoretically in the white six she can be crazy enough Ooh. um so what i like about this rumble is compared to the men's it's evenly paced you don't got too many wrestlers that you feel are like just there to take a spot so like number two and three or not number two number three and four is dana brooke and emma but then you get number five with Shayna baszler and you you think back to when she had like that eight eliminations in the one rumble uh yeah she comes in and starts starts wrecking shit she comes in and starts wrecking shit for sure. Speaking of wrecking shit, uh, number six, Bailey, also comes in and starts wrecking shit. Her and uh, her stablemates actually run shop, basically. Yeah, because they all come in real tight. Yes. Um, we get B-Fab of Hit Row at number seven, making her Rumble debut, and... She's in and out. 
Yes. But she didn't. She didn't. I was expecting her to look much more like a diva than she did. Was she good? No, but in the Divas era, I'd say top few wrestlers. She was okay. Uh, better than top dollar. Um, Ouch! Then, <laughs> then number eight, we get uh, uh, NXT Women's Champion Roxanne Perez in her hometown, basically. And making her... Trained by Booker T, making her Royal Rumble debut. And they, she did it. She had a good showing. The only reason she didn't last long, but the only reason they uh, didn't keep her in the Rumble is because she has a a match for uh, the the belt on uh, Saturday, I believe. Yeah. The next premium live event, live on the cock. Yeah, calling it the cock. I oh, yeah, that lost got, it. Oh yeah, that I think that got Pat McAfee in trouble also. Probably because he immediately went peacock right afterward. He called it the cock and then immediately went peacock. Yeah. Uh, I'm forever uh, going to call it the cock. I call it the cock. Uh, there's quite a few people that call it the cock. Uh, notable. Wrestling, wrestling aficionado and uh, also piece of shit, Jim Cornette um, calls it the cock. Uh, uh, now I don't want to call it that anymore. But Brock Lesnar calls it the cock, too. Eh, we'll see. So it, There's some yin to yang kind of thing. Yeah, yeah fair enough. There's always give, a yin to a yang. You give a little, you take a little. So this is where things start to pick up a little bit because at number nine and number ten you get Dakota Kai and Eo Sky. So Damage Control is a full unit. Trying, they're helping save Bailey, wrecking shop, and it's going to be like that up until number fifteen. So you get at number eleven you get Natalia. Who's returning from a broken nose? Broken nose. She was out a few months. I think she's out since Survivor Series or something. Yeah, Maybe. I think Smackdown. that was like her last show, and they wrote her. A... Yeah, I think she got the injury at Survivor Series, and they wrote her off the next show. Mm-hmm. And then number twelve was Candice LeRae, who. She lasted longer than Johnny. She did indeed, and she's a solid wrestler. She was she's a good middle of the middle of the rumble hand for sure. Yes. I I hope to uh, see her. I hope I hope Indy gets called up so that way her and uh, Candice can go for the women's belts. That'd be fun. Yes. Um. Number 13 is Zoe Stark from NXT, who uh, has sort of like this MMA background almost. Girl kicks ass. Like a a better polished Marina Shafir. Okay. But yeah, I I think Zoe Stark is really... She's good. She... She's, uh... 
She'll be called up soon. Yeah, give her a run with the women's championship on the NXT for a little bit and see how that goes. And then I would say uh, give her a call up. My apologies. Um, at number 14, we got Zia Lee, who has a fun little segment with uh, number 21, which I will go ahead and spoil who number 21 is. Number 21. 21 is Selena Vega. Selena Vega is dressed up like Jury of Street Fight from Street Fighter. And they're basically promoting uh, Street Fighter 6. And so her and Zia Lee are up on this on the apron doing this little Street Fighter fight on the side of the apron. And it's like really fun just fun little fun little shit like that I enjoy enjoy about the rumble. Yeah, even though it's product placement, it was still really fun. Yes. Um, number 15 makes their way to the ring, and it is none other than the man, Becky Lynch. Oh. 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 Um, Becky Lynch immediately confronts uh, Damage Control. They drag her outside of the ring, not eliminated. They just drag her under the rope, beat her down. I think they tried putting her through the table or something like that. So Becky's beat down outside of the ring. Later in the match, Becky comes in, eliminates uh, both Dakota Kai and EO Sky. Bailey ends up eliminating Becky. Then Liv eliminates Bailey. Then they all just start beating each other on the outside of the ring. This is based. I I I thought this was going to build towards a match at Mania. It may still build a match at Mania. After, if you watch Monday tonight's Monday Night Raw, you will find out that it's going to be Bailey versus Becky in a steel cage match for the February sixth edition. Of Monday Night Raw. So we will see if that steel cage match actually takes place. As opposed to the previous uh, Raw. Raw 30 where they did the the, seg- the three minute little work angle. That ended up with the match not even happening. Just, just dumb. Just dumb bullshit. Like I thought that kind of shit would go away when Hunter was in control. But like. Like, oh, the Bloodline segment went long. You couldn't cut the Legend segment short? You really couldn't cut that Legend segment short? You could, but at the same time, it's everything's not going to switch overnight. That's true. That's um, the way I'm trying to think about it, at least. Number because. 16. Um. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I'll. I'll, I'll keep. Because otherwise, you're just gonna go crazy. Mm-hmm. Number sixteen, we got Tegan Knox. and I. She didn't really make a impact. Probably. No, she hit a shiniest wizard and was tossed right after. Yes. Yes, so she was. Uh, number seventeen was Oscar, murder clown. Very, 
very stiff with the kicks and the knee strikes. Just full-on Joshi style. Just Asuka was kicking fucking ass, and I loved it. It was really fun. And uh, number 18. Uh, the second biggest pop of the... Well, I say the third biggest pop of the women's rumble. The the first one was Asuka. Second one was Becky. Third one, Piper Niven getting her old name back. And all the commentary playing jokes about it. Do? Drop! I do, I do! I do, I do. I drop. I drop stuff, and then I do it, but then I do drop the stuff. Okay. Uh, number 19 is Tamina. And Tamina didn't really... Um, there. A lot of moments she, with Tamina. She has stare down with Piper. I think her and Raquel Gonzalez was... uh. Went at it for a little bit, yeah. Yes. Um, number twenty, surprise, a uh, debut, a return, actually, a returning Chelsea Green. So uh, you and I were both wrong for thinking uh Zack Ryder or Matt Cardona would be coming back to the Rumble. It was actually Mrs. Cardona or Miss Cardona. Who and came she back. lasted an incredibly long amount of time. So long. True five comebacks. Five, five seconds is long, right? right? Right, ladies and gentlemen? I mean, if you're Santino Morella, or you with any woman in your entire life. That's true. Five seconds is a very long time. But yes... Chelsea Green legit enters in the Rumble, arrives, and is quickly eliminated by Rhea Ripley, lasting no longer than five seconds. Commentary didn't even get a chance to make fun of Zack Ryder. Yeah, they didn't. It was great. Glad he got out of that unscathed. (laughs) Number 21 was Selena Vega, like I mentioned earlier. She had that wonderful spot. I made a poopsie, I think. I don't know who I put for number... Who's number 22? Gotta find out. Oh, no. Good thing I send you things. Yeah, did you send it in our text chain or in the IG chain? IG chain. Dumb, dumb, we sent too much stuff there. How am I supposed to? I found it. Ah. Number, I found, I also wrote it down. It was just too visible, hard to see. So Raquel, if number 22 is Raquel Gonzalez. Number 22 is Raquel Gonzalez. And... The way they're booking, positioning her is they're making her look like the big, strong powerhouse of the women's division. 
big giant and it's working good i'd say she um her and tamina get into it a bit i think she eliminates tamina i believe she does i believe you're right there but she was eliminated by rhea ripley rhea was just everywhere yeah rhea was everywhere in that match um she also attempted to suplex a returning Nia Jax. And she almost got it. it. Yeah. So Nia went full dead weight. Yeah. And then Rhea hit Nia with a riptide. Again, barely. Barely. But that's towards the end of the match. Number 23, uh, Mia Yim. Michin as. Uh, I, I don't get what the name changes still. I get some yeah. of them. I don't get all of them. Makes no this sense. This is one I just don't get, but it's better than Reckoning. Yes. Uh, number 24 is Lacey Evans. Who's trying this I, weird Sergeant Slaughter gimmick. And I have problems with anything Lacey Evans related based off of her opinions outside of wrestling. So it's very difficult for me to want to watch anything with her involved or see anything with her involved. But I will say, but I will say you are absolutely right. She's doing a Sergeant Slaughter type gimmick to the point of she's using his finish. She's using his submission hold that. Yes, she she is uh, using the Cobra Clutch. She uh, used the Cobra Clutch on Selena Vega and just tossed her out of the ring from the top of the turnbuckle, like 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 it was nothing. And it was uh, it was okay, but I don't care for Lacey Evans because of what you stated earlier, because of her opinions and stances. Outside of professional wrestling. Anyways, not to divert any further. Number 25, the fun Rumble legend spot of the night, Michelle McCool. So we should reference, before the match started, Michelle McCool was shown with her daughters sitting ringside. Yep, a couple rows behind Tom Perry. Yep. The music hits. Everyone's going crazy. Camera shows up to her, and she's just like, "Oh me? Well, okay, honey, hold my jacket real quick." And then she goes in the ring, in UGGs, wearing, wearing like, uh, wearing legit UGGs and like sweatpants, sweatpants with tombstones on them because dead man walking. Um, exactly. She comes in, does a little, does her thing, hits a Styles Clash. I I I I don't know what I I, I forgot the name of which um, Michelle calls it. Called it. Yeah. Same here. But it's a Styles I wanna Clash. Say the, I want to say the famous her, but that's not right. That's not right at all. <laughs> that is. Not I right. I know. I was just thinking her gimmick, what something like that would be called. If anyone knows, throw it in comments. Or send us a message with it. Yes. Please. Um, Number 26. The last uh, NXT uh, call, not call, but Rumble 
entrant is uh, Indy Hartwell. Who that girl can go. Yes, and I love that she got turned into a Browns fan by Johnny Gargano, and uh, I really hope she gets called up soon to the main roster. Uh, number 27 is Sonia Deville. Sonia Deville is just trying to secure another championships opportunity just in case uh, her match with Charlotte goes astray. So I, I get why she's trying to enter in the Rumble, but it didn't work out for you, girlfriend. You got you got rocked in the dome by Asuka. Yeah, you, you made a mistake. In the words of memes, you chose poorly. Yes, she did. So, so, uh, and didn't she get tossed out pretty quick after that, too? I believe she did. Number 28 was Shotzi. And I wish she rode the tank all the way down. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't understand that. Like, you come out in a tank, there's like a 200-yard entrance ramp, and you get off the tank to run down the ramp. Why not take the tank to the ring? (laughs) Yeah, it makes no sense. The only thought I can think of is because they couldn't figure out a way to not have it be awkward them taking the trip, taking the tank back to the back. That's the only thing that I can think of is it was a logistical thing. Our executive producer is playing with our, a piece of paper. I just gotcha. thought I'd let you know. Um, I apologize for the distraction. Kitty cat Damn. takes precedent. Damn cats. Um, number 29 is Nikki Cross. And her she's back to her full... Sanity Psychotic. Yeah. Just going full out chaotic energy. Like a wrecking ball of chaos. Yeah, but a wrecking was, ball of chaos. She hair. was basically final. She ended up being the final, one of the final four. But she was, did? She was quickly eliminated, but still, it was like the last of the final four. And our final three is the two that started it. And then we've also got Asuka in there. Yes, so the finish was triple threat style, which is basically Rhea go um Rhea went to try to eliminate Liv. Liv no, Liv tried to eliminate Rhea. Rhea blocked it and was dragged over onto the apron. Asuka tried for a hip attack, but Rhea drags Asuka over top rope. So all three women are fighting on the apron. Asuka goes to mist Rhea. Rhea ducks Rhea and hits ducks. Liv. Rhea kicks Asuka's legs out from under Asuka, causing Asuka to fall oh. off the apron. Rhea makes her way over towards Liv. Liv is still blinded trying to find her like Find out where the fuck, what the fuck to do. Feels, feels Rhea coming towards her. Hits Rhea with a face breaker or code breaker, however you want to call it. Um, Rhea's dangling on the on the rope, 
legs almost touching the ground. Liv's trying to make her way towards Rhea to hit her hands to get her to drop the rope. And uh, basically, Rhea grabs, lifts her, or swings her legs up to snag Liv for a head scissors and throws Liv off the apron, thus ending your rumble. Rhea becomes the fourth person in Royal Rumble history to start a Royal Rumble from number one and run it all the way through to the win. She lasted a total time of one hour, one minute, and 33 seconds. One hell of a run. One hell of a run. An extremely hell of a run. Definitely the best match of the night. Oh, hundred percent. I'd give the, I'd give the rumble itself a four, like the whole thing, a four out of five. Four and I a half. See, and I'm at, I'm four and a half. Personally, it was, it made up for the men's, and then some. Yes, I agree. Um, and then we get to the main event. Oh, not before and... the horrendous song by Hardy. Oh, I I didn't listen that... to it. I did, I'm not. We're not reviewing the song. <laughs> okay, so I caught a glimpse of it, and that man as an artist is very interesting. To be perfectly honest with you, I went and I listened to something else on the album because I looked up the album, and there's a song with a vocalist from a band that I really like. So I looked up the song, and it's somehow mixed acoustic country and warped to her screamo, like the guys, the front man of the used. And it was somehow miraculously not bad. Um, But then I listened to a little bit of the song he performed at the Rumble, and I was like, uh, you're forcing this a bit hard. But now we're getting into music reviews, and I'm not going to go there because I don't know enough. All right, so we're now on to the main event. Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns with Paul Heyman and Sami Zayn in Roman Reigns' corner for the UWU Championship, the undisputed WWE Universal Championship. So the reason why it is only Sami Zayn and not the rest of the bloodline is that during the pre-show, there was a promo. And Roman made an explicit statement to Sammy. After Jay defended Sammy's involvement on SmackDown the night before, which was against Roman's call. So Sammy was sitting to take his dues. Jay defended him. And so Roman gave Sammy one last chance. He said, you're the only one coming out with me. If anything happens, you have to help the bloodline because I'm leaving the rest of them back here. It is just you. And so you are coming out with me. And so that is why he is, was the only one to come out with Roman when Roman was coming out for the match. Yeah, KO comes out like his normal KO self. Just ready for the match. Hitting himself um, in the head and everything. Yes. Uh, Roman makes his way out with uh, Paul Heyman and Sammy. And Sammy, uh, Sammy looks a little, uh, 
stressed. Like out of the out of the three, Sammy's the one that looks the most stressed because of uh, everything going on between not only the blood, the pressure of being in the bloodline, but with I'm I'm assuming with KO too. Best friends for your entire life. Now I'm part of this other family, and you're fighting them. What the heck am I supposed to do? Yeah, it makes sense. So the bell rings. They get in the, well. They they're in the ring now. Bell rings. Uh, a Sammy Uso chant start, and uh, Sammy's just like looking on in the crowd, like uh, nervously, but like. He, he smiles at the crowd like, yeah, like, yeah, thank you. But, like, he, he's nervous uh, about everything. Like, uh, Yeah, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Roman and K.O. basically uh, go for uh, all of a tie-up old-fashioned shit. Roman's basically knocks him, K.O. down a couple times with a shoulder block. And uh, Roman goes for another shoulder block. I believe KO counters. Uh, yeah. KO counters. Roman's about to run the ropes. KO counters. Hits him with an elbow. Then does a, a senton. Gets up and crotch chops Sammy. Yep. So, We've got more detail. It. I, this match was, even though it was really hard hitting and like there were a lot of really good moments in the match, this match was a setup and a storyline and not a match. Yes, like and not not a true wrestling match, not a true title match. This was a setup to an angle. Throughout the entire match, commentaries basically Michael Cole is ba- basically like, where does Sammy really lie? And it's like he's worried. It's like, is every time that Roman kicks out, is he worried? Is that look on his face because uh, Sammy almost, or Kale almost kicked out, or be, or almost lost, or because uh, or because he kicked out? You know what I mean? Yeah. So they start fighting on the outside. KO's mostly getting a little bit of the offense. And uh, KO hits uh, a senton on the outside. And um, and he really got that one good, too. Yeah, it knocked the wind out of him. Let me see where I'm at in my notes. I apologize. Yes. And then KO throws him back in the ring. And um, he got him in the corner. He's I, but uh, Roman Irish whips him back diagonally. Um, then Roman starts to like. He looks hurt for a second, he, but he just brushes it off like it's nothing. Hits a rock bottom of all moves onto a uh, KO. Um, I believe KO go or on yeah, he hits a rock bottom on KO, tries to go for a cover, but it's only a two count. Uh 
Sammy talks uh, with the ref, like trying to cheer Roman up, but he still has this look on his on his face, like not sure what's going on here. Like, yeah, that continued throughout a lot of the match. It was really really physical, and then like, like yeah, there was lots of back and forths and kickouts and. It it was a really well contested match. You start in second, like you got the gears, like there's three acts, and you start in first gear, second gear, and then whatever gear you want to pick for the third act. These guys right. started in this, huh? Go on, go on, continue. These guys started in like second or third gear, and then just kept upping the ante in physical in the physicality because that's where this rivalry has gone to because whether KO says it or not, the reality that we all know is KO's fighting for his best friend and not for the championship. Yes. And so he's willing to go to the ends of the earth because that's what friends do for each other. So, and that's becoming more and more clear to Sammy. Uh, So... Um, when things and the, throughout this match is mostly just who can counter who better, and it's which is KO. Sorry, I was gonna say it's honestly weird because like for almost this entire reign, Roman was untouchable. Nothing faced him. He just brushed off whatever. He no-sold whatever because that's who he was. And ever since this KO Sammy stuff started, he started to get vulnerable. What I think really really started, like, I'd say speeding up the match and thus making everything click going to the final chapter of the the story that's being told here is... uh, uh, Kale is about to go, or Roman's running the ropes, he's about to go hit Kale with a spear. Kale counters it. Kale tries to hit Roman with a stunner. Roman pushes Kale out into the referee. The referee takes the bump and is rolled out of the ring. Refs out of the ring, out of the occlusion. Roman's looking over towards Paul. He's like, are we good? And Paul agrees. Then he's basically telling, and then he looks at Sammy. He's like, get me a chair. And Sammy's pleading like, you told me not to do anything. Like, I'm tribal chief. He said not to do anything. And it's like, Roman's like, I don't care. Give me a damn chair. And just. The amount of stress that you can see on that man's face. Yeah, that that beating, it reminded me. I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but the reminding, it reminded me of Rock Mankind. A little bit. A little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like. Sammy's stru- stressed out, ha- panicking, trying to find a chair. Fucking goes over by the ring bell area. Uh, then Paul Heyman has to, like, 
guide him back over to the ring area underneath the ring where a chair would would be. Gets the chair in the ring. As Rowan's about to use it, KO just fuck it, says, fuck it, fuck it. It's a stunner. Ref gets in the ring. And it, it almost looked like we were about to get a new champion. Uh, Roman barely kicked out of that. That he did. He barely got himself out of it. But that's what champs do. Mm-hmm. So... And then it just kind of started to schmoz a little bit. Yeah, it got Roman just just started beating his ass. Like Rome or Sam, Kale ended up outside of the ring at one point, and Kale was just crawling towards Sammy, and Sammy's just shouting at Kale just to stay down. K, uh, Roman sees. KO trying to grab on to Sammy just runs around the corner and then just spears KO right through the barricade. Yeah, no, and he almost got him through the... Oh, no! Right! Yeah, he went through the barricade. Yes. And then Roman rolls him, gets him up, rolls him back into the ring. KO ends up rolling at the other side of the ring. Roman meets him there. Ro- Kale's trying to just keep get himself up. He's over by the skill stairs, just prop himself up. Roman just whips him back to the stairs, where the back of his head just whips up against. Oh, the that spot was it. It was a rough spot, guys. I thought he caught corner on his like the back of his skull. Like as someone who's dealt with head stuff before, that that freaked me out. He uh, he did that twice. Sammy looked on in horror. Uh, rolled him, K or Romans rolled rolled him back in the ring. Hit him with a spear. One two three count. Title retained. And now comes the fun part. Now comes the soap opera. That is the bloodline. Soap opera that I mentioned at the very beginning of the. Sh- this episode, this is it. This whole thing, this whole hour plus long, hour and a half plus long podcast has all come down to this right here. This soap opera. We are grown men talking about a soap opera and loving every second of it. Just wait till we get to the four hour mark of the podcast. <laughs> I will kill you before we hit a four hour on a podcast. That is, we are not doing a wrestling show. We are not Tony Khan and overbooking to fit everything onto one card. <laughs> that is not happening, Nicholas. We will put out five. You want three hundred hours of wrestling? We got you covered. <laughs> He's got you covered. You'll see me for this once a week, twice a week. <laughs> so, after the match. Rest of the bloodline comes out. Jay's about to give Sammy a le- uh, one of the lays that they have around their neck. Um, basically, like, oh, you're part of the. This this is the last thing to prove you you're part of. Your, yeah, completed. Yeah, you've your completed life. your whatever your journey. Your uh, journey to the kingdom has arrived. You have officially gotten here. Like, yeah. 
Not so fast. He's done here. Sammy's like, looks on confused. Like, what? Maybe we're not done. Yeah, Roman's like, we're not done. Then the Usos just start beating the fuck out of KO. Just a straight and up. And Jimmy down. took the first. Jimmy was the first one to just throw a super kick. Yeah. Just out of nowhere, just threw a super kick, and they just started pummeling just the crap out of KO. And, uh,. Sammy's looking on like, what the hell do I do? Yeah, Sammy's just like shock. Um, he doesn't know what the hell's going on. They uh, get KO into a corner. They pilmanize. They uh, wedge his neck into a chair, basically pilmanizing his neck. Um, Solo Sokoa goes in for a hip attack, and then it. I will say it looked vicious. It looked absolutely vicious. He executed it too perfect. Like, like we, at least, I at least watch for this type of stuff. I'm not sure if you do, Nick, but like he executed it to perfection. Like yeah, KO true. took that fine. He like he was he, fine after that. He, yeah, he did a very good job with that. Very well executed. He. Solo reminds me so much of Umaga. Seriously. In, like, all the best ways, too. Um, oh, this whole time. Like, while Jay, while Sammy's just looking on in horror, freaking Roman has his arm over Sammy's shoulder, just smirking on, like, yeah, this is, this is how it's done, boys. Now. This is where it gets a little a little more intense now. Paul Heyman, kinky son of a bitch, pulls out two sets of handcuffs. He hands he gets the handcuffs to to uh Roman, who gives them the Jimmy and Jay, and they handcuff Mind Kale. you, these are super fuzzy, fluffy pink handcuffs. I wish they were super fuzzy. That'd be awesome. You know, you know, Heyman has a stash too. I know. We can see his G string through the suit. So, um, they got they got KO handcuffed to the rope. They uh, Roman's just standing there with a chair, smirking, and uh. Sammy, Sammy, like, starts pleading to, like, stop. He's like, hey, guys. <coughs> like, like, this hey, guys. is enough. This like, is enough. Yeah. We're good. He's like, but he couldn't even get that part out yet first. And then the Usos just start super kicking KO. They give KO, like, ten super kicks. And mind you, KO is plastered like this. One, like... They put him against the posts, not against the rope. So he is, like, spread out almost like he's on the ground sitting down, but he's, like, crucified. And each time, each time they were super kicking uh, KO, Sammy would be, like, getting closer and closer towards Owens to, like, like intervene, basically. Uh, 
after after like ten super kicks, Roman gets uh, the Usos to back off, and then Roman is about to like approach. He approaches Kale with the chair, and it's like, Sammy's family, you disrespect me, you disrespect Sammy Uso, and he's about to freaking uh, swing the chair at Kale, and then Sammy just steps in the way. Is like, you don't need to do this. Stop. And then Roman crowd, goes, you're yeah, crowd erupts. Like, crowd erupted, that's for sure. And then and then Roman's like, you're right, bro. It ain't my job. It's yours. Yep. He's like, oh, this is beneath me. You're right. You should do it. And And Sammy's just like. No, we don't need to do this. Like you, you gotta do this. This is your test. And then Hammer's was like, "You gotta do it, Shmuley. It's your test, final test." Shmuley, don't don't defile that nickname. And uh, Sammy starts and then, crying. He's and a good actor, man. Actor. Sammy starts crying. Roman can't can't believe it. Gets in his face, smacks his face a bit, and every time, like well, before to this part, there was a moment where Roman had his back towards Sammy, and Sammy had the chair up and it looked like they were teasing Sammy going to hit Roman with the chair, and then he didn't, and, and so didn't. we were all like, okay, so he's now going to get beat up and be submissive, and then he's going to do it. Yes. For Roman, he's gonna whack KO. Yes, and then and Seth Rollins. <laughs> and then Roman gets all in Sammy's face, smacks him a bit because he's crying and everything. And he turns, he turns around, and tells him he shouts just to pull the trigger because he wants, he wants. Sammy to finish KO off. And in shades of the shield turmoil, Seth Rollins betraying the shield, you see Sammy Zayn swing a steel chair to the back of Roman Reigns, who collapses. Who falls, who falls identically to how he fell in the shield. Same shocked expression. Same instant drop to the knees, followed by a fall. He does it well. Yeah, and then and then everything just falls apart. Sammy turns to Jay, says he's sorry. Jimmy just super kicks the fuck out of him. Jimmy just beats the fuck out of Sammy. Yeah, Jimmy lost control. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy finally was- lost control. The guy who you never hear from finally lost, lost it. Beat the shit out of Sammy. Uh, Jay, oh, the stuff with Jay. So Jay when was, all this is happening, Sammy went to Paul after all this happened. Uh, was it Roman told him that he needed to step in? Was that what happened? Um. Like, he was cued that he left. He didn't just leave. Oh, so... Yeah, please. 
Um, so after Jimmy's beaten down on Sammy and is like he's shouting like to Jay, like, Oh, I'm this your brother? No, I'm your brother. And then Solo does a Samoan spike to um Sammy as well. I believe hold on, let me check my notes. Okay. Jay's basically too emotional to do anything. Ro- yeah, Roman gets up, tells Jimmy and Sola to kill, kill Sammy. Sammy has his. They, while while uh, Solo has his Sammy's arms behind his back, Jimmy's just going to town. It's like Jay's just stuck there. He's stuck in emotion. He doesn't know what Jay's to do. Jay's literally and, frozen. And then. <coughs> And then Jay just rolls out the ring. He just rolls out and just leaves and just starts. He starts crying. And Roman's just looking on like a anger and disbelief. Jimmy's just like, is that how it is? Oops. Roman turns back, has a chair in hand, shouts at Sammy that he broke his family, just starts smacking Sammy with wailing on his just wailing on his back, screaming about how Sammy ruined his family and ruined everything and how he's a <laughs> bastard and that whole that the, that breakdown. We we've all heard or seen or watched on TV or know of some type of breakdown like that. He just lost absolute control and just started wailing on wailing on Sammy. After after the breakdown, Jimmy hand Roman one of the 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 lay that was uh, going to be used to bestow on the Sammy. Brad's doing fuck you Roman chants. It's just the subtleness of how he just takes apart the lay and then just scatters the flowers all over his Sammy's body. Which is what you do at a funeral. And... And then... Roman rolls out of the ring. Solo rolls out of the ring. And before Jimmy rolls out of the ring, out of nowhere, super kick to KO. Just one last fuck you before he leaves. Because because KO is the source of Jimmy's twin. No, not twin. Right? Twin? No? No? I think they're twins. Okay. Either causing Jay this much turmoil and this much heartache, being a best friend to be the point of a brother, and then betraying everything that they had like that, and that's all rooted in KO starting all of that. Yes. And so Jimmy's just like, (laughs) fuck you for this extra bit too. Um, they go, Sammy and uh, Kara left unconscious in the ring. Uh, um, excuse me. Um, as uh, halfway up the ramp, they go, they're about to leave. Roman turns around, looks back at Sammy and Kao, uh, looks over, goes over by Solo, says, uh, we're at war, take no prisoners. 
they turn back around and leave. And that is the end of the paper. The second sentence was take no prisoners. Thank you. I, I know. I was trying to find that. I found it out later on, on the internet. So Thank you, because I rewatched that that one line like a dozen times trying to figure out what the second sentence was, and I couldn't figure it out. So this match, the match itself was, I'd give it a four. With the, the set, oh, yeah, four. Low four, I'd say. Um, yeah, low four, high uh, three. Um, with the segment, the post-match segment, however, I would give it a five out of five just because of how perfect everything was. They've run this storyline perfectly, the entire thing. It's amazing. It's been fantastic. So what would you rate the pay-per-view overall? Oh, there is one thing. There is one issue that I have. I know it needed to be the go-home angle, <laughs> but I kind of have an issue with an angle ending a Royal Rumble because that's, like, one of your big shows. I know. So, that's that's my it, biggest pet peeve. That, that, that is my well. only – and it is a pet peeve, but I also know exactly why it was done, and it had to be done. And so, like, as a show, though uh, – High three, low four. I'd give it a. I'd give it a four. Because for for me, that crap in the middle, that half hour that we just got through in like five minutes, because it was just like, what happened? Nothing. Yeah, there was the pitch. That kind of bugged me. Just garbage. The, the then- for, honestly, the first. Even the men's rumble, it was like, yes, it was good wrestling. Yes, there were moments, but it was like, I knew it was going to happen, and then it happened. That's not how the rumble should be. The rumble's meant for surprises. It's meant for shocks. It's meant for twists, things like that. Yes, exactly. And they gave us none of it, although they gave us a great winner. But we all knew it was coming, and there was no question. The moment he came out at 30, we all knew it was coming. I would have rather him be at one, but I'm not mad with Gunther coming in at one and setting the record. No, I am not either. Um, So, yeah, probably high three, low four for me. Highlight being the women's rumble. That was fantastic. I honestly preferred watching that than watching the segment. But that's because I'm not a I don't like what I don't like seeing cruelty. Like My it man's just not in the smut films and it shows. Basically, <laughs> between the two of us, he's the one that likes the hardcore shit, and I'm the pussy. I want my guy. I want my superheroes. Speaking of hardcore shit, uh, I think we're pulling this up live on the podcast, people. I think they still have tickets for our Joey Janela spring break. Cool. You still, if you're interested in going to that, possibly. We can handle this after the pod. Possibly. All right. Well, thank you again, everybody, for uh, joining us for this Royal Rumble review. Um, we apologize if you got too annoyed with us. I know Shane got annoyed with me. Um, <laughs> please it happens. To like and subscribe. Comment, please. We're trying to figure out formatting, what we need to do, where we need to work on things, like what can be improved. 
we would love feedback. Like at this point in time, we're fresh. We want the feedback. Good, bad, or the ugly, we'll take it. Yes, any feedback is good feedback. Um, please don't forget to uh, follow us on Instagram to stay up to date with everything with the Smoke and Larry podcast. We will be Twitter making coming Twitter soon. soon. Um, shout out Elon Musk, I guess. Um, I, don't say not. his name, but yeah. the problem is that's it. where... Well, yeah, but I was also going to say that's the other problem is wrestling and Twitter have kind of become like anonymous. You got to have. Yeah, exactly. You got to have one to have the other. Number number one trending topic in America. So that's where we're going to go and we're going to kill it. We just need the feedback from y'all. All right, everybody. From Los Angeles, California here. Tonight, I am Tenacious Nick here with Smoke and Shane. We'd like to thank you for listening to the podcast. Tune in next time.